You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone, to Positively Trek. I'm Bruce Gibson, and with me, as, you know, he always is, is Dan Gunther. Dan, how are you? Hey, Bruce. Happy to be here to talk uh, Star Trek and all this really cool stuff. We got a lot to talk about this week, including a new episode of Star Trek Picard, but also uh, a bunch of uh, really cool sneak peeks and stuff. I'm so excited to talk about it. I know, I wasn't really expecting this, and then all of a sudden, just days before we go to record, all this stuff drops from Strange New Worlds, and I was like, oh, I guess we need to talk about this one character video that came out. Oh, I mean, oh no, there's two now. Okay, well, these two character videos, well, three and four and five, and it just kept growing and growing, and I think there's a total of eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, eight character Little trailers for Strange New Worlds. So we'll talk about that. And of course, we'll talk about Star Trek Picard, Season 2, Episode 5, Fly Me to the Moon. But before we get to those, we have a convention coming up in just a few days, and it's Star Trek Mission Chicago. And I know not everybody can go, but we at least want to mention it because this is the first officially licensed convention with Reed Pop. So it's always been Star Trek Las Vegas for the longest time, but now we've got this one in Chicago. So this one's going to be interesting because I'm going to compare it a lot to Star Wars Celebration since Repop throws that show, and already I'm starting to see some differences. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, and maybe some more information will come out, but when I've gone to Star Wars Celebration, there's usually like the big opening event you know, that everybody goes to. And that's when, you know, there's going to be some announcement or some surprise or something like that. And I'm not seeing that on the schedule, at least not right now. And then there's usually a big closing event too. So they're not doing that with this. So I don't know. It's just, it's like the day starts on Friday and there's just things going on. There's not a big opening event. So that's different for me. Uh, for this. So I really probably shouldn't compare the two. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's going to be a lot of comparisons going on, though, like you said, between this and other read pop events, but also probably between this and Star Trek Las Vegas creations, Star Trek conventions as well. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I don't envy read pop because it's big shoes to fill creation for all of the issues that some people had. They put on a big Star Trek show every year. And 
I'm curious to see what the reaction to this convention will be. We already know that there was a longer wait time before they announced all the guests and they still don't have as many guests as creation typically has, but they definitely seem to announce their guests closer to the actual event. Whereas creation announces them months out and, and kind of a slow trickle of more guests as it gets closer. But that said, the lineup they have at this convention for guests and panels and stuff looks really interesting to me. And, and I, I'd really love to be able to go. And I've said that probably dozens of times on this show uh, over the last few episodes. But yeah, I would love to go to this. Yeah, I, I would too. Oh, wait, I am going. Yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Very happy for you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited about going. I mean, it's just that I've been cooped up at home through COVID for so long. I've only traveled two other times, and it was all revolving around my daughter looking at schools. And so this is like my first outing that's just for fun and just to just see people and, and just socialize. And I was just at a wedding last night, and I remember thinking, gosh, I haven't really been to an event where there's a bunch of people around me like this in a couple of years, you know, mm -hmm. but it felt like I, it, it didn't feel like, Oh my gosh, I haven't done this for so long. It just felt like old hat again, you know, just like, yeah, I've done these so many times. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Star Trek fans and friends and celebrities and creators and whatever they're associated with Star Trek and just have a good time. And then I've got my panel, which is Trek beyond the screen explanation point let me just tell you about the title for this real quick so when i chose this as the title they said to pick something that sounds exciting all right so i was like i thought about it. i came trek beyond the screen and then i thought explanation point because they want it to be exciting i did that more for them i didn't know if that would actually end up being the official title so that's why there's the explanation point at the end of that hmm, nice <laughs> Operation Annihilate or whatever. Um, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in room 471B. That's 471B as in Bravo or beyond. <laughs> and that's Friday, April 8th at 1.45 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. And we have John Jackson Miller and Dayton Ward on, Chrissy DeClerc Salagi, and Jesse Earl, also known as Jesse Gender, and of course myself on the panel. And... You know, there's a lot to talk about, which makes me a little nervous because we only have 45 minutes. And mm -hmm. I've done other panels where they're usually an hour. And most of the time it's like, oh, we got to wrap this up. You know, we're reaching the hour and there's more to do. And I'm like, how am I going to do this in less time in 45 minutes? So, but um, I see, I don't want to say too much, but I think I might have some giveaways. I'm waiting for those to arrive. So that's why I don't want to say definitely because if they don't then they don't but you know there's going to be some things and maybe some surprises again i don't want to say too much because <laughs> i'm not sure if all this stuff will happen but the big thing is we're just going to talk about books that's yeah. the big thing oh i'm so excited i again i just i'm a broken record i really really wish i could be there i'm really excited uh for you to host this panel and, and I think it's going to be so much fun and I can't wait to see what surprises may or may not come with this. So very cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I know some people have asked, is this going to be streamed? The answer is no. I did check with Repop. They're not streaming this anywhere. They will allow me to record it. So I will maybe attempt that. Again, I don't know how that would turn out because I've been on other panels where people record it and then they get to the recorder and they go, oh, it didn't work. You know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't promise anything. And then I don't know what the rules are if I can take that recording and release it here on the show or somewhere else or whatever. I haven't talked to the organizers about that. So and also want to talk to the panelists to make sure they're OK with it, too. So we'll just see. Everything's kind of still in the works, but for the most part, we're all set and ready to go talking about Star Trek books and comics. So I am excited. Excellent. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe holding out hope might maybe a special episode of Positively Trek with that panel. But if not, that's, you know, that's up to read pop, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then earlier in the day at 1.45 a.m., IDW has a Star Trek comic book spotlight virtual screening so that will be cool i'm gonna try to get to that so and then that's before my panel so we might refer to some of the things they bring up on that panel because i don't know maybe they're making some announcements there very very possible (laughs) so yeah um but anyway that's it who cares about all that because if you're not going you're like "Ah, i don't care i'm jealous blah 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 i get it been there done that Okay, so let's get to these little trailers. Actually, there's nine. I said there was eight. See, I was wrong. And I know why, because in my notes, I miss Spock for whatever reason. Because hmm. <laughs> I wrote them down. I, I was missing Spock. But in our online notes that we have on screen, it does show that there's nine. So we're not going to go through each one of them one by one and do analysis because we could be here for another hour. But, you know, there's just some things that, stood out to me first of all just the look i mean the set designs Mm -hmm. you know the ships the shuttlecrafts whatever the planets uh, everything the uniforms the design is so modern yet retro at the same time i love how they're approaching this yeah i've I've seen some side-by-side comparisons too between how the bridge of the Enterprise looked in season two of Discovery and and the redesign they've done for Strange New Worlds. And I really love the direction they're going. And it's on full display, all of that in these little trailers. Uh, One thing that I found was funny, and you and I have talked about this, about how long it took to get a trailer. We wanted a proper trailer. Why isn't there a proper trailer? And now Strange New Worlds has more trailers than any other Star Trek show has (laughs) ever had before it so uh yeah these these nine little character trailers were a nice little surprise exciting to learn a little bit more about you know the characters that are ones from past shows as well but as as well as that the new characters uh so you know we get the definitive reveal that hemmer is in fact an enar the subspecies of the andorians that we got in enterprise you know, more about La Nuni and Singh and Ortegas. By the way, Ortegas, kind of a, a sleeper character for me from early on, who, based on these trailers, might be one of my favorite characters now. I'm really excited to see all of these characters in action. Yeah. Uh, Ortegas bragged at the Academy to be the best pilot. And I was like, okay, well, let's see how you are, because Sulu's going to claim that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just loved the way, like, that character, their kind of uh, fun little repartee there. First date or third date? Blind date. 
taking it in undercover or whatever it was like i don't know i just i love that 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 kind of oh what is it that it's that that light mood that i felt that pike brought to discovery i seeing that in this show just like every week is going to be so much fun yeah i picked up on that too the lighter mood i i'm not thinking that every episode is going to be just some light fun episode of course it's just they're picking those for the trailer because i think Mm -hmm. they want to convey to everybody that this is going to be a fun show you know and just bring in you know like you said those character moments of people relating to one another and and you liking the characters up front because how they talk to each other and i remember seeing characters like uh leon and 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 Una talking in the corridor and, you know, just the, that exchange there and just how like, oh, they think each other is so cool. You know, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Talking about these two with Brandy the other day, Brandy Jackala, friend of the show, Spock is in every single one of these. Like his presence is really being kind of emphasized in these trailers. And I think the first character trailer that came out was the Uhura one. And one thing I noticed in that is Spock's line towards the end of that trailer. He is really channeling Leonard Nimoy's Spock in that. Like, if you watched that and closed your eyes, you would for half a second think it was Leonard Nimoy speaking. I was really impressed by just how he's channeling that that Leonard Nimoy Spock energy there. That is so cool. I want to go back and watch that. But I did pick up on some of that as I was going through the trailers. It's funny you guys picked up on Spock like that because I picked up on Laon that way. Hmm. Laon was like in so many of the trailers, I was just like, boy, she's seeming like a central character to me. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. And then my wife said to me, what's up with Pike's hair? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of almost got like this pompadour thing going on. He's, uh, yeah. Uh, they were joking. I saw on Twitter, somebody had asked like, how do we, how, I, nobody's asking the important question. How do we get hair like Pike's here? And Anson Mount replied, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like, motor oil and something else and something yeah. else or something like it was i i can't remember what it was but it was funny <laughs> yeah i can't remember either i remember seeing something like that too yeah and then just like randomly later in the day my wife just turned to me and she goes why would they do that to pike's hair i don't understand <laughs> i was like i don't know either <laughs> it is kind of weird gosh yeah there's just so much that we, we could say like i said we could spend an hour going through this but i'm just looking through my notes real quick to see if anything things stood out because i just wrote a few things i did like seeing spock and chapel uh in the Mm, chapel mm -hmm. featurette because chapel feels a little more spunky than in the original series and i love how they're having dinner together and she just kind of bops his head (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm i'm curious to learn more about chapel in this and definitely a different take on the character based on what we saw in the original series one of the things that I've I've seen mentioned online, of course, is Chapel's characterization in the in the original series was basically saying yes, Doctor, to McCoy and having a crush on Spock. So right. there's a lot of room to play with the character and, and introduce some more stuff. They they had some more stuff like her fiance Roger Corby and and all of that, but for the most part, it was pretty not not very three-dimensional so i'm excited to have that character fleshed out more for sure 
And then Mbenga is the chief medical officer, mm-hmm. which I thought, like, you know, we knew his character was going to be in this, but I wasn't sure if he was chief medical officer or not, but it was confirmed on this, which means why did he step down or leave the Enterprise for McCoy? I'm assuming that he left the Enterprise and just would occasionally come back because we didn't see him throughout the original series. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm wondering if his uh, internship on, on Vulcan happens after his time because he mentions that's a that's a big plot point in the original series that he's back from a a stint on vulcan so i'm I'm wondering if that's why he leaves maybe no that makes sense i bet that's it he leaves to go do that to do his own own colonar no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) but no that makes a lot of sense so yeah, pretty exciting. So go watch these if you haven't. We have links here in the notes to check that out. And then we've had the trailer. So usually we record on Saturdays, but because of schedules, we're recording now on Monday. So the time this episode drops, it's only been a day, which I'm glad we kind of waited because we did get a trailer. Sorry to interrupt. This is your captain. Our mission. To chart the stars. Push the boundaries of what is known. And what is possible. I'm standing on the surface of a comet. I love this job. people this crew i believe we can do anything you want to seek out new life go where the aliens are your presence is blasphemy let's talk about this find some comfort i think that went well perhaps we should kiss that seems logical Maybe we don't touch anything else. Just a suggestion. The whole future hangs in the balance. No one can know the future. One can only follow one's instincts. You're the best of Starfleet. Our ability to work together, that's our greatest strength. Let's show them what you got. For me, just the look of everything, and like you said, the character interactions and the things they've said, it made me think about, why, first two things, why didn't they go with this kind of look and style that connects so close to the original series? Why didn't they do that for Discovery, and why didn't they do that for the Kelvin Timeline movies? Because that's kind of the things I was expecting, and not that I don't like the designs of what they did in those two things, but it's this is a little closer to home. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the look of this and uh it's beautiful. The visuals and stuff are are stunning, but like you said, that bit of a futuristic retro look to it that you know, and and it's not a clone. It's obviously not a copy of what they did in the 60s, but it's like 
a futuristic retro look created in the 2020s, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. it's like what they did in the sixties, but from now a little bit, if that makes sense. And, and I'm digging it. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, the, this trailer, first of all, is really cool in the, the glimpses that it gives us of the show and, and the tidbits of the stories that we're, that we're going to get. I'm, I'm really excited. And then there's something that looks like a mock time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I'm wondering why he's on Vulcan doing the fight for like he's doing on a mock time. And then just seeing things like the the alien on the view screen. I was curious. Is that a Klingon? I'm I'm not real clear. I'm not sure. Because hmm. the Klingons have had so many different looks kind of <laughs> lately that I was like, is that a new version that's kind of in the in-between of the Klingons we saw in Discovery in the original series? Or And then I look and I'm like, no, I don't think that's a Klingon. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's funny. I, my mind didn't go to Klingon, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything like you say in the modern era of Trek. So could be, but yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I did uh, see what I think, of course, and we saw in, in the character ones as well, what looks to be a Tholian ship. Uh, we saw a Tholian web in the character things. So, you know, they're going to figure in. I'm excited for that. Yeah. And then there was something else that stood out to me that looked like a two story sick bay. I don't know mm-hmm. if you noticed that, but it was yeah. like there's all these sick bay beds, which look pretty big. And then there's like an upper level where people are walking around. And then I thought, well, maybe that's not on the Enterprise. That could be on a space station or something. Because I can't imagine they would make the sick bay that big. But I don't know. Maybe they, they did. I, but again, a sick bay with a upper area doesn't seem very sanitary and private to me. <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of, the, one of the medical wards that we never saw on the original series, right? Because they only show us the main sick bay office and exam room area and stuff so there's there's probably wards elsewhere on the ship that we just never saw (laughs) yeah and that's the cool thing we get to explore parts of the ship we never saw before right Mm -hmm. oh that's gonna be so cool absolutely and there'll be more windows to look out too yeah those the original series i was always like where are all the windows come on people so yeah i know i used to think why would kirk take a a room that doesn't have a window (laughs) he's Mm -hmm. the captain he should Pick the best room. <laughs> oh, and the other thing that stood out to me is Ortegas was fighting with the sword. I was like, do Enterprise pilots always do sword fighting? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, it's it's an elective at the Academy, and it's an easy way for to get uh, credits towards uh, Helmsman. Um, I don't know why. It's just you know, maybe a misprint in the college calendar or something, but Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it should be good. Uh, so that's what May fifth. It's coming out. So, yeah, Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then I keep wondering: Are they going to premiere something or show us more at Star Trek Mission Chicago? I don't know. I mean, we've still got another month. There's got to be some more stuff coming. Yeah, well, there's a big Strange New Worlds panel at at Star Trek Chicago as well, with a bunch of the the stars of the show too. So, that'll be very cool. Yeah, I'm so glad that's not at the same time my panel is. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Bruce, but no one would be at your panel. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking, too. I, I probably wouldn't be at my panel either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing real quick I'm looking forward to is Star Trek The Motion Picture, the director's edition that premieres. Wait, what's today? 
that we're recording. What's the date? The third? It's the the fourth today that we're recording. Uh, And this episode should be out on the fifth, which is the day that drops. Yes. Hey, everybody. Have you watched it yet? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited about that. Oh, my gosh. It just occurred to me that this comes out today as you guys are hearing this episode, or at least when this episode drops. But for us right now, when we're recording, that's tomorrow. Ah, I'm so excited. And then they're do a sc- doing a screening at it at Star Trek Mission, which I'm hoping to maybe get to that too. So maybe oh, we'll see. That's exciting. I it, it feels like I won't be able to get to see it until September. So I'm very jealous. <laughs> oh, that's right. Dang. Uh, okay. You have to just come to the States just briefly to watch it and then go back. There we go. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> just get in the car and just start driving. <laughs> <sighs> well, anyway, you'll get to see it eventually. It's it's the same movie you've always seen. It's mm. it's not it's just looks a little better. That's all. <laughs> so well, you know what? Let's talk about Star Trek Picard, but before we do that, we're gonna take a brief break. Cause you know, sometimes when you're sitting here drinking caffeine, you need to take a break to go do something. But that's not why we're taking a break. But anyway, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our wonderful supporters on Patreon, including our Constitution Class supporters, Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Morris, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, Paul D. Kinnear, John Blaber, and Jesse Earle. Thank you all so much for your support of the Positively Trek podcast. If you would like to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com slash positively trek. You can get early access to episodes, exclusive content, shoutouts, associate producer credits, and more. Again, that's patreon.com slash positively trek. Thank you once again. And now let's get back to the show. Nothing. Nothing is incurable. Well, you have neither the time nor the funding to prove that theory, but you do have this. Analyze it. If you like what you see, give me a call. Then maybe you can help me with something that I might want. All right, Dan. I have to do it at least once. Ready? Fly me to the moon. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't watch the live show. Did Brandy sing it? Uh, she didn't. We we mentioned that, of course, it was the song title, but uh, I don't. Yeah, no, she didn't sing it. Hmm. I'm surprised. I thought she'd sing it. <laughs> we'll have to have her on here to sing it for us sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, episode five of season two. So... Let's, you know, let's just, I want to get right into knowing just like your initial thoughts of this episode. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm liking the progression of the story. One thing that came up a lot in the live show with Brandy and, and something I've noticed about this season though, is the stopping points of the episodes, like more so even than any of the other new era of Star Trek shows there, this season is very much chapters in a book where like a year or two or three from now, if you ask me, Oh, which episode was it where this happened? I'm going to have a hard time answering that because 
so many of the the things straddle the the breaks of the episodes and and uh we don't get really like even in discovery where it's one one story over the course of the season there's still kind of self-contained episodes like oh there's the episode where they rescued the people from that planet there's the episode where they crossed the galactic barrier there's the you know etc cetera, etc cetera. whereas this one it's like where's the episode where rios is in custody of ice well, that's last episode and this episode. Where's the one where they're at the big gala party? Well, that's this episode and the next episode. So it's it's interesting that they're breaking it up that way. But that said, I'm along for the ride. I'm really enjoying this. And it really does feel like this is chapter five of a 10 chapter book. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's so fun to talk to you about these things because it's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you've said something like that before, but it really stood out to me this time because after I watched the episode, I remember walking around the house and at one point thinking, what what did I think of this episode? And I thought it's like Dan says it's chapters in a book. I just it's just one. It's just the next chapter. Right. It's like there's no real beginning and end to it for me to say like oh this episode was really this or it was just like the continuation to me like you're saying this season really feels like something that once it's all done watch it all together you know Mm -hmm. binge watch the season and i think it will play really well and feel like one just giant episode or movie or whatever like you said a book because i didn't leave this feeling I, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know, I've been enjoying the episodes, but now I'm used to it, the style and the way they're telling the story and what the story's about, that this episode just didn't make me feel like, oh, no, I think this one's going to be my favorite. But it's not like my worst. It just feels consistent. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it just feels like it's been consistent throughout. So it's not that I like it better or worse than the episodes. It just feels like it's still part of the other episodes. Yeah, which is an interesting feat given, you know, like there's different writers for each episode. There's different directors for each episode. Like the last two episodes were directed by Leah Thompson. This one's directed by Jonathan Frakes. So it's interesting that it still has that consistent feel all the way through, but with the different talent coming to put it together, right? So, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm really curious to see what happens next. (laughs) I love that you just said fascinating. My daughter said to me the other day, Dad, how come every once in a while you, when we're talking, you'll say fascinating? And she goes, and you say it like that. I don't understand. I'm like, because that's how Spock says. Spock's always saying fascinating, fascinating. And so I went on YouTube and played this collage of fascinatings for, for her. I'm like, <laughs> now you know why I'm doing it? She's like, oh, yeah, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, Dad. Okay, I get it. And trying to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you mentioned Leah Thompson, who directed the previous two episodes, and then it was fun to actually see her in this episode. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I said to my wife, we're watching, I said, you recognize her? And she's like, isn't that the woman that was in Back to the Future? And I was like, yeah, she directed the last two episodes. I'm really embarrassed to say that, like, something about her made me think, oh, she seems familiar. And then I didn't think about it at all. And then, like, a day later, somebody mentioned Leah Thompson being in the episode, and I was like, was she? And I was trying to think of, like, background people. Like, was she just in the background doing something? And then in the live show, embarrassingly, in front of our people watching, Brandy brought that up. And I was like, wait, 
that was oh my god that was leah thompson and i felt so embarrassed like that i didn't realize that but <laughs> i must have been half asleep when i watched this episode or something because i i remember thinking oh she seems kind of familiar somehow and then not thinking about it anymore after that. well that's a good thing because that means you were really engrossed into the episode you weren't mm-hmm. thinking about that you know <laughs> that's good. the one the one thing i noticed about that scene though and somebody else brought this up too was they're having this like bored hearing of of sung and it looks like they're standing they're sitting in a hallway in a corridor with a door at the end, like that struck me like in that scene that that seemed really weird. And yet I didn't notice Leah Thompson. So I don't know <laughs> what my brain was doing. <laughs> I think it's funny. You said where they were saying, cause I remember thinking at the time they seem like they're out in this big open area. And I'm like, like he's checking into a convention or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was like the entryway atrium of somewhere or something. It was very odd. Yeah, like, hey, I'm here to pick up my tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or, or I'm here to sign in. Where, which room do I go to? Like, is this is this the will call desk? I can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what it did feel like. That's kind of funny. But I was a little disappointed. I can't remember exactly what her name was, uh, but she had her nameplate. Werner was the last name. I don't remember what the first name was, but I was hoping that they were going to like give her first name like Elaine which was the character's name in Back to the Future. Just it's like just Lorraine in Back to the Future. But yeah. All right, Lorraine. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember exactly. I knew it was something like, but if they would, or I mean, McFly would have been maybe a little too much. Yeah. But it was Diane Werner, apparently. Diane, that's it. And I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but I was like really hoping that you'd look at the nameplate and go, oh, wait, yeah, the first name is the name she had in Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Lorraine Baines McFly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That would have been kind of cool. Because, I mean, heck, they've got Easter eggs throughout these episodes. I mean, why not, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Which also makes me wonder, as many Easter eggs there are, then I've started thinking, is is this really an existing timeline that then gets altered? Or is this a whole new timeline that Q creates making our characters think it's an, uh, their timeline that gets altered later because all these Easter eggs that maybe Q put into it. It's like something about Q. Okay, which gets me to this. I'm glad I mentioned it. Laris, okay, is not Laris. Mm-hmm. Her name is Talon, and she's an agent like Gary Seven. But why does she look like Laris? And even Raffi says something to Picard about that. <laughs> I did love that little exchange where... You know, she keeps kind of picking at Picard, like, is this, how, how are you doing? And he's like, yeah, it's weird. Stop talking about it. I I don't know. I, I'm waiting for an explanation of that. And I have seen that theory online that, like, this is just all a creation by Q and it's not even reality. But I don't know. I feel like there's a different explanation, but I don't know what it is. I'm I'm really curious. I think that... Talon is a shapeshifter of some sort, like Isis, like that we've mentioned before, Gary Seven's cat. But why she just happened to look like Laris, I don't know. Or if there's some reason behind it, I I have no idea. I'm I almost want to go back and watch that scene again. But did did she even act like why is he calling her Laris? Didn't she kind of give him a look like no, I'm, I'm Talon, like. 
she kind remember. of w- was a little bit bemused, like just kind of re- standing there while he said this. And then when Picard said, like, you're not Laris. And she's like, no. So I don't know. It, it could go either way, really. Yeah. And if she's doing that just for the reasons you said, why wouldn't she just say, I've taken this form to look like Laris so that you'd feel comfortable around me or something. I don't know. It's like, I'm just like wanting to know why. Besides maybe the reasons outside of the story is, oh, we, we just really wanted this actress because <laughs> we really like her. But there's just, there's too many coincidences, you know, um, throughout that makes me wonder really what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like going back to what we talked about before, 10 forward, but 10 forward on the Enterprise hasn't existed yet. So why would Guinan have a bar called 10 forward in yeah. the 21st century, right? Uh, well, you remember my theory, but there, there's, there's a few theories about that out there, which are, are kind of interesting. I really liked your, your theory last week on that personally, but. Well, that's why I need to write for the show. <laughs> <laughs> No, can you imagine me? I'm just trying to picture myself in the writer's room and people are like, yeah, um, we need to take a break right now. And they're like, get him out of here. So, okay. Dr. Adam soon. Again, they all look alike. (laughs) This family's blind, you know, but I was, I was so glad to see Soji. (laughs) But it's not not, really her. Not Soji though, but yeah. Right. Yeah, Issa Briones, I'm really glad. Uh, that, was, that was kind of cool. I'm like, okay, all right, that's his daughter. Sure. <laughs> Again, le- lending credence to some people saying this maybe isn't really reality. Maybe, I don't know. But but it's cool. I'm glad we've got her back in this season. I was really worried when we didn't, you know, Soji is still back in the 25th century or whatever. And who knows? I'm I'm really glad we've got her back in this season. Yeah, me too. And it makes sense. I guess you could say that data created his daughter to look like his ancestor's daughter, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which makes sense too, for the, the painting that, that data created before Soji and, and Dodge were created by, by Bruce Maddox or whatever that, uh, you know, that, that painting was what it was based on, but that painting was obviously based on Corey, played by Issa Briones in, in this episode. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call too. Well, yeah, because in the painting, isn't she by the ocean? Mm-hmm. And here's Corey wants to be by the ocean. She wants to be able to go outside and she wants to stand on the beach and smell the ocean, the salt water, swim in it, all that. Oh yeah. I didn't even connect those. That's so good. <laughs> Well, I didn't make the ocean connection, so that's cool. That's that's a good take on that. Yeah, I mean, you connected to the painting, which was done before he created Soji, and yet the painting has the ocean. Like, oh man, my head just exploded. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Okay, I, I can't go on because now I'm thinking about this. <laughs> what else? What else happened in this episode? Well, we had the bus. You know, they go to rescue Rios from the bus. And that was a fun scene. I was a little annoyed with Raffi. I mean, I get what she's going through, but when she's just like, come on, Seven, we're just going to beam him out of there. And Seven's like, Raffi, no, come on, we can't do that. 
You know, we can't disrupt the timeline. We can't get people, see, allow people to see us beaming somebody. That, that could cause this problem. She's, I don't care. I don't care. And I'm like, come on, Rafi, you're a Starfleet officer. You should mm-hmm. know better than this. I know you're going through a lot, but still. But then I do like how she finally is like, yeah, almost like, you're right. Like, I need to come down. You know, mm-hmm. but you really do see how losing Elnor and then the relationship with her son or lack of relationship with her, how all these things are really the demons behind her, you know, really affecting her. Yeah. And, and plus the fact being a former addict and I'm assuming she's not able to use or is not using right now, like that's got to be really tough on her for sure. Uh, and you really see that when they're, letting the people off the bus and she sees Elnor and it's obviously not Elnor, but she's really just going through this trauma right now. That's really affecting her. So for all us Elnor fans who are like, Oh, we're not going to see Elnor anymore. Well, we did get to see him in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Very briefly. (laughs) Very briefly. But I like how Rios is talking to the other guy there on the bus and they're talking Spanish and the officer's like, hey, quiet, be quiet. And he's kind of making this plan like, don't worry, you know, we're going to be rescued here. And I love how Rios takes down the officer and then Rafi and Seven show up and they get everybody off the bus and run. And that's when we see like this brief glimpse of Elnor and all that. And then when Rios is talking to that other guy, I thought, okay, are we going to find out later in the episode when they go back to the future, back to the future, when they go back to the future that this guy that Rios helped is a relative of his from way back when? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not where my mind went. My mind went to, is this the guy that originated the Starfleet double fist punch move that (laughs) that Kirk and B'Elanna Torres and everybody does? Because, of course... (laughs) He's got the uh, he's got the handcuffs on and he hits the one guard like that. And Rios even comments on it. He's like, hey, I like that. That was good. He's like, is that the origin of Kirk Fu? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even pick up on that. That's so funny. I love it. Oh, but I, I love Rios commenting on it because I, I really wanted Rios to say something like, ah, just like they teach it at the Academy. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a Kirk Fu move. And the guy's like, what? He's like, ah, never mind. <laughs> Funnily enough, though, what really went through my head in that moment was Ransom from Lower Decks going double fist punch. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Love it. <laughs> Well, then also we have this whole thing with the queen and Girardi, which I'm just like, oh, Picard, don't leave her alone with the queen, <laughs> you know? But man, <laughs> I loved how eerie they played that up oh, where she's man. just calling out of the ship, you know? Or when she makes the cellular phone calls that and she uses was, the different voices. Oh, that part creeped me out. And then, yeah, when she imitates the voices to get access to the comms and access to the cell tower and then she's calling she's like the board queen just called the cops and just using this like plaintive voice of this victim all alone and oh no well first of all don't just send one cop come on (laughs) this poor guy this poor leclerc guy oh man that was brutal yeah and he's searching through the house 
and Girardi sleep in there, so he totally missed her, which makes mm-hmm. me wonder if he had seen her and woken her up, what would have happened? Yeah. You know, don't, don't go to the ship. Like, that could have ruined the queen's plans, but of course he didn't see her. Darn it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he gets on the ship, and he sees her, and he kind of stumbles down, and she's like, oh, hmm. nicotine addiction. Yeah. I can help you with that. <laughs> oh, so creepy. That was so good. <laughs> Annie Wershing, I tell you, man, she is so good as the Borg Queen here. Oh, man, I love her. <laughs> yeah. And Girardi uh, coming on and talking to her. And I, you know, she really is good at standing her ground of like the queen trying to lure her in. And she's done so well with that, you know? And then. Uh, I remember sitting there watching it with my wife when the queen brings her, you're alone in all these other timelines and I understand you and da da da. We have these connections. And she puts her hand on her cheek. My wife's like, don't let her touch you. Don't let her touch you. <laughs> Can I tell you something that I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest about really annoys me about this storyline? And uh, Brandy felt the same way as well. And that's that in season one, Agnes Gerardi, we didn't really get the real Gerardi for much of the season because she was under the influence of this mind meld from Commodore O, which compelled her to murder Bruce Maddox, basically O using her to do that and all of all of this stuff. She was never in control until that's kind of revealed and expunged and stuff later. And it feels like we're getting the same thing this season now with the Borg Queen inserting herself into Gerardi's mind. Now, we don't know if Gerardi's under her control or if she's just along for the ride, but it feels like, oh no, Agnes is under the influence of this outside force again. And uh, I, I'm I'm kind of annoyed that they're going that route. I'm going to be honest. I, I wish that we just get... Agnes Gerardi being herself and ah, I, I just I hate to see this character put through that again I guess I don't know I, I yeah I had a similar thought about that because I thought of how we're really enjoying this character this season right because mm-hmm. what she went through last season she really wasn't in control and she was doing things that were kind of disturbing and you know and now we're getting the real Girardi and she's you know standing up to the queen and she's helping out so much and she's on top of things and then this happens and it's like are we going back to this again no like when she was standing there and she had blood all over her it took me even though I didn't know about the queen at this point being you know infested in her of any time i mean we kind of they've made a connection of course but when when the crew beams onto the ship and she's standing there in blood it took me back to last season it's like oh you know yet again she's murdered someone because at mm. that point when they first be home she's in blood i thought did she shoot the cop or the queen yeah i i did wonder if she shot the cop to keep him from being assimilated or something and i'm, I'm really glad that's not what happened for sure yeah, his, his, spleen, th- his spleen's just in a box over there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, dear. Because <laughs> I really thought maybe she'd, you know, shoot the cop and because they still need the queen, right, to yeah. get back home and just put him out of his misery and, yeah. <laughs> Sh- but- shades of uh, Picard in First Contact, right? Shooting the, the ensign who is being assimilated. 
Right. That's that's where my mind immediately went as well, yeah. But then, yeah, later in this episode, we see the queen with her arm around Gerardi in that security office at the party. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like you said, is she just along for the ride? I mean, it's got to be more than that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the good news is they still have the queen to be able to get back to the future, I guess. But Agnes, oh, man, I I wish she could just have some peace with her own mind and, and not be under the influence of of these all the time that's that's the part that bugs me a bit and i mean full benefit of the doubt though we'll see where they go with the story i i don't know but uh it's got me worried about that aspect of her character that we got last season yep same here but yeah i guess we'll see how that plays out but i did like her crashing the party you know Mm -hmm. i like her going in there and she has her fake IDs or whatever. And, but she's still detected as being suspicious and that's why they take her in the security room. But that's part of the plan, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to happen. So she's in that room so she can do her thing in the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all going according to plan, except the board queens there too. Oh, I know. I saw someone online point out that this is episode five of the season, and in episode five of the last season, they did a similar thing. It was the, was it Shag Rag Tag, whatever that was called? It was Stardust City Rag. Stardust City Rag. It's kind of like that, you know, going and impersonating, like coming into the party, and there's a little mission going on. But yeah, um, that was all pretty cool. Then um, let's talk about Q. Q's in this. I liked when Q brings Soon to that restaurant. And Soon's just like, look, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm, you know, I, I don't need some whack job, blah, 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 blah. And I love how Q's just like, in 17 seconds, you're going to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> and Q does his spiel about, you know, his daughter, da, da, da. And sure enough, he sits down. And he goes, yeah, there you go. 17 seconds. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it tells me Q still has a little power, you know? Obviously. Well, even when he doesn't have his power, though, he has an IQ of, what was it, like a thousand and something or whatever? Because he didn't have his powers in the Next Generation episode, Deja Q, and he said, oh, he's still really smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about the storyline of, of Soon and Q and Corey, you know, not have you know can't go out to the sun can't be around dust she has to be enclosed in this room mm-hmm. well i'm it makes me really curious as to what q's ultimate plan here is because we know that adam sung is going to become some sort of revered figure in the confederate future that we see and also it tells me that this whole thing with renee picard and all of this is just one aspect of what's going on. And Picard and his crew are thinking like, okay, this is the thing we need to make sure she goes on this mission in order to preserve the future. But it's clear that's only one part of what's going on. Or as some people have speculated, it might even just be a total red herring. It might be just Q throwing them off the trail completely. But either way, this whole thing with Sung and Corey is going on without Picard and the crew knowing that yet. So they're going to get blindsided by this sometime in the future if, if they don't figure out what's going on here. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, 
Sung is now indebted to Q, right? Because Q gives him this cure for Corey that wears off right away. And now that he's seen what it can do, he says, I want the cure that doesn't wear off and I will do anything for you now. So that's dangerous. Q's got his his agent here, I guess. And I'm curious to see what he's going to get him to do now. That's really scary. And he says to Soon, does the name Picard mean anything to you? And I thought, what does Q need Soon for to get to Picard or to do something for Picard? Or yeah, just... It might still have something to do with Rene Picard as well, too. It might all be connected yeah. that way. And maybe he's just doing this to get Soon on his side, to get someone to do his dirty work. That might be all it is, too. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I want to go to the next chapter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how they get you. That's how they're getting you this season. <laughs> yeah, because in a lot of ways, it is kind of hard to talk about these episodes when it is just a chapter, right? We're not mm-hmm. getting the full story. There isn't a, as I said earlier, a beginning and end to a story in this episode. And I mean, yeah, we could talk about the aspects of the episode that we like and where it's going. But, you know, I really do want to get to the end. And yeah. then talk about this, you know? <laughs> so are there any other thoughts that uh, we didn't talk about in this episode that you wanted to cover? Because I think those are pretty much the highlights, unless I'm missing something. I think that's pretty much the highlights. We didn't talk a ton about Renee Picard and the whole cue as her therapist and be having the fake Freudian accent and stuff. But uh, yeah, I... I I like that Q is being resourceful. He doesn't have his powers, but he's still doing all these little things kind of thing. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to push Renee in the direction that she needs to go and all that kind of stuff. I also had a thought that the plot of this episode in in very broad strokes reminded me of the Star Trek uh, Klingon encounter at um, Star Trek The Experience in Las Vegas. Do you remember that? Oh, wow. I can't remember that. <laughs> that was well, a long time ago. Basically, the, the whole thing is they, they beam up everybody who's in this Star Trek ride and they're like, Oh, a Klingon has gone back in time to kill an ancestor of Picard, and one of you is that ancestor, and we need to protect you to ensure that Picard survives in the future kind of thing. So I was like, oh, there's the ancestor of Picard thing here. They have to protect her. I was like, oh, my gosh. Just vaguely, I was like, that's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. I do remember the whole the Klingon went back in time thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, maybe we're all ancestors (laughs) of Picard. (laughs) <laughs> could be yeah <laughs> i don't think it works that way but sure <laughs> nah, it oh well but uh what are your final thoughts then uh so final thoughts uh again they they've got me along for this ride like they've captured my attention i'm really invested in what's going on I'm really enjoying this. I I love the slower pace of the season, just the unraveling of the mystery as we go and the new mysteries being introduced with the whole Adam Sung and what his role is going to be and stuff. So yeah, I'm going to give this, I'm going to say 
one really confident astronaut who's ready to take on any mission. That's my rating for this episode. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. It's hard for me to rate the episode because it does feel like it's just a chapter, right? And But yeah, I really enjoyed where this is going. Like you said, I'm hooked. I'm along for the ride. I'm invested in getting every little bit of information that leads to the next thing. Getting Sung in here and we're seeing somebody who looks like Soji, but not Soji, you know, it's his daughter. It was pretty cool to me. And the whole scenes with Girardi and the queen and, you know, everything that's going on and with Jean-Luc and, and the crew on the, if the bus thing and all these things happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. So all I'm going to say to that is that I'm going to give this one, I'll give this four out of five drones that can protect you from the sun. Ooh, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, well, we'll talk about it again next week with the next episode, and we'll just keep going and going, and then that'll lead us into Strange New Worlds, which will lead us into the next Star Trek thing, and we just keep going and going. (laughs) It's just Star Trek forever, which I'm okay with. (laughs) Isn't it weird? It's just so weird to me. when I There's times I just sit there and I think, wow, we're getting like, new Star Trek, like all the time. <laughs> like I never would have expected it to be like this. Yeah, absolutely. So Dan, when people aren't listening to you here on the podcast and they want to reach out and say, what's up, Dan, let's talk Star Trek. Where can they find you? Well, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Productions. We talked about the live show that uh, I do with Brandy Jackala every week, or we try to do every week. Sometimes schedules don't quite work. But yeah, that's usually on Saturday nights. Uh, so check out that channel for uh, the next episode of that. And of course, the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook, which is really my favorite Star Trek hangout online because the people in there are awesome and the discussions are terrific. And that's when I took a drink. (laughs) (laughs) So how about you, Bruce? Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. And of course, you can find me at Star Trek Mission Chicago. And you can find me occasionally on the Star Wars Report and on Literary Treks. And uh, yeah, Goodreads. Check our Goodreads group. I'm over there too. So search for Positively Trek and we'll let you into that group. You can see what books are coming up soon for our book club episodes. And you can send us an email, PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PositivelyTrek. And then... Yeah, tune in every week. I just realized, because I'll be in Chicago, I don't know if I'll be on the next episode when we talk about Picard or not, because I'm going to be gone. We'll have to see how that all plays out. (laughs) Yeah, um, hopefully we can work that out. But uh, yeah, we'll figure something out for sure. Yes. So anyway, until next time, everyone, go out into the world. Enjoy yourselves. I want to thank our patrons, by the way, too. Thank you so much. And you know what we always say at the end? Stay positive. Agnes. Agnes, I have a surprise. 
Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.